Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. And oh, did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. On today's episode of With the First Pick, we'll tell you why Washington Huskies quarterback Michael Penix Jr. may have just had his C.J. Stroud moment in the college football playoffs and what that means for his draft stock. We'll also talk about whether his top target, Roma Dunze, hold on to your hats, Rick, can charge uh, can challenge Marvin Harrison Jr. for wide receiver one. <laughs> and then, then there's Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy. Did he help or hurt himself against Alabama? We'll hit all that the updated NFL draft order, and a just-so-crazy-it-might-actually-make-sense draft trade involving the Bears, Commanders, and Patriots. So stick around for that. I'm Ryan Wilson. That, of course, is Rick Spielman. This is episode 110. 110. Rick, how many days until the 2024 NFL draft? 114 days into the 2024 NFL draft, and I put another brick in the wall today, so I still have about 1 million more bricks to go till that wall is finished. Hopefully it'll be done in 114 days. Oh, 14 days. So you can come down on me. That'll be January 15th. So look forward I'm to that. I'm taking a new leaf. I'm going to be start wearing all my Island shirts with okay. all the flowers on it. And I think I might take my new year's resolution was to be nice to Ryan is, is at least give an effort. That's my New Year's resolution. I have noticed that you have, in fact, given an effort. You did it on HQ, and you also did it via the email between me, you, and Debo about today's show. So I look forward to how quickly things change <laughs> based on what I say in the coming minutes and uh, an hour. All right, let's get to it, Rick. Let's start with my guy, Michael Penix Jr., who had a, another incredible performance, threw for 430 yards in that college football playoff game, that is only behind Joe Burrow, Mac Jones, and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow did it twice in the semis and then in the national title game back in 2019. Mac Jones did it in 2020. Then we have Michael Penix Jr., who was slinging it. And I said all fall that he's a better athlete than people give him credit for. Do you now believe me, Rick Spielman? I never said he was a bad athlete, but <laughs> he did show that he could make some plays with his legs this game and make some off-schedule throws that were pretty uh, impressive. So, right, the I'll, I'll say a statement, and you tell me whether you agree or disagree. Best deep ball thrower in college football. Agree. Best deep ball thrower in this draft class. Agree. I, and we talk about his athleticism. 
how much are you going to discount the fact that he's throwing throwing to a top ten pick in Roman Dunze and two other day two picks in Jalen Polk and Jalen McMillan? It doesn't matter because he's making those throws. Yeah. So I'm why are you going to punish the guy because he has some pretty good receivers? You know, you don't go into this and say, well, God, he's thrown to X, Y, and Z, all three NFL caliber receivers. So you don't punish a guy for that. You punish him if he's off target or if he's frozen in the pocket or this guy does everything. And one of the plays I watched uh, on film this morning when uh, number 90, my favorite defensive oh tackle, yep, uh, Byron Murphy came humming around unblocked. He took a shot but delivered a ball downfield right on schedule and and with great accuracy. And this guy is as tough as they come. And every time he gets on the field, it's just more impressive. And we talk about how do you measure a quarterback and all the traits that you look for. But the one thing this guy does that he is showing that he can do, he's a winner. And every time he gets on a big stage, whether it's in regular season versus Oregon, whether it's in the Pac-12 championship, whether it's in the Final Four in the college uh, football playoffs, he continues to deliver and deliver in a big way. I was impressed, again, because we've talked about him all fall. I was impressed with his ability, and you talked about it a second ago, to throw off platform. He can throw without setting his feet. He can throw accurately without setting his three to what feels like all three levels. He was late on one deep ball to Roman Dunze later in the game, but that's because that was his at least his third read, and he got back around to it and just just threw it as far as he could. And the thing about throwing to Roman Dunze is either he's going to catch it or either it's going to probably be DPI. In that case, it was defensive pass interference. Um, you talked about Byron Murphy. Byron Murphy, for me, just watching, primarily watching Penix, had a pretty pretty good game. And on at least two occasions, Penix sidestepped Byron Murphy in the pocket, avoided the rush, and then got to his check down, again, accurately. And, oh, boy, I'm taking a breath here because Debo just flashed a graphic, if you're listening, of Michael Penix Jr. alongside 2015 and 2016 Patrick Mahomes, back-to-back seasons with 4,500 passing yards. Two guys did it, one named Patrick Mahomes, the other one Michael Penix Jr. last year and this year. So, Rick, I've typically had Michael Penix Jr. going in the middle of the first round when I do these mock drafts for HQ. And I've talked to teams in the fall that have a first-round grade on them, and I've talked to teams that have a third-round grade on them. Where does Rick Spielman come down pretty early on in the process here? His performance last night, his performance in the national championship game, if it continues to be what we've seen through the year, if it continues to be what we've seen when the stage lights are the brightest and he even takes his game up another notch, And I know you've already crowned Jaden Daniels as a third quarterback off the board, but I'm not so sure as this goes that he may challenge for the number three spot. Oh boy. And I'm only saying this because you know how I want to say prejudiced I can be towards people who play when they roll the ball out and don't. That's true. That's true. And he, he has to play. I mean, he's in the championship games. So, um, but he's playing. Jane Daniels was doing interviews on a sideline, what actually I hate. Was he eating hot dogs at least? No hot dogs this time. (laughs) He's interviewing with ESPN to give them some exclusive content to happen during a very good bowl game, the LSU game. uh, Wisconsin, right? Was a. a, I was watching Oregon. I didn't even see, I didn't even watch the LSU game. Yeah, it was very good. 
Uh, very good game, very competitive. But uh, so while he's sitting there uh, doing interviews, and then Michael Penix, all of a sudden, man, that's the last impression I have on Michael Penix. What's the last impression I have on Jaden Daniels? Well, that was a month ago. I got to go back and look at my damn notes. Right. So uh, if he wins the national championship and plays like he's playing right now, I don't have any question he's going to go in the first round. It's just how high. What about the injuries? Two ACLs, two shoulders over two years ago. Well, the, apparently they put his knees on forward because he's moving around like he has no injuries. <laughs> and that'll come out in the medical, you know, once you get through this pre-draft process. But let's say he didn't have the injuries and you just watched the tape. Right. Uh, this guy, to me, is going to be jockeying his position uh, on as the potential third quarterback. Who knows? There's a long way to go yet uh, coming off team's draft boards. But Here's those the teams that have him in the third round, if they think they're going to sit and wait till the third round for him to fall to him, I probably wouldn't sit too long. Yeah. No, he might get bumped up at least around, maybe more, depending on how things unfold as we as we go through this process here. But just looking at the draft order, and we'll get into it much deeper later in the show here, but at eight are the Jets, nine the Falcons, 11 the Raiders, 12 the Vikings, 13 the Saints, 14 the Broncos. All teams need quarterbacks to varying degrees, so it's hard to imagine Jaden Daniels and, and Caleb and Drake will probably be long gone. So then you start saying to yourself, okay, what's up next? And here's something I keep coming back to, and we'll talk about this in a little bit more detail when we get to the other quarterback here. But I like to describe it as I had to squint to find the good with Will Levis, and there were reasons for it. He was hurt, and his team wasn't very good around him. And sometimes when you're evaluating these quarterbacks, you're having to squint to see why they're supposed to be first-round picks or whatever. There's no squinting involved with all you got to do is watch, is watch him play. I mentioned at the top, does this feel like a CJ Stroud versus Georgia moment or is that too, is that an overstatement? No, I think it, uh, I think it, it was a, uh, one of those, what okay. how do they say it in the watershed moments? Oh, well done. Well, done. you got a word, you got a word of the day calendar for Christmas. I see. <laughs> so, and I'm anxious if, like I said, it may be another watershed moment in the national championship game. So top 15, how do you feel about that range? I think he'd be considered in a lot of teams' boards that need quarterbacks. All right, I'm going to push my luck here. I don't remember if we watched Michael Penix Jr. over summer scouting. I'm sure Debo will tell he us. Did. Uh, do, what, what was your comp at the time? I, I, I have a new – That was six months ago. I can't even remember my comp. Of... My comp, and you're going to love it. Hold on. Stronger arm Tua. I could see that comp just because it's easy to go because he's left-handed. He so. can spin it, though. He can spin it. He, may he allegedly has 11-inch hands. Tua. Yeah, better arms than Tua. He allegedly has 11-inch hands, which is like Andre the Giant hands. He was not uh, part of the top five. He was okay. in our others worth mentioning category, so we didn't even give a summer comp for him, but we did give a summer comp for Riley Leonard in case you were wondering. <laughs> oh, my God. Did I give a comp for Riley? I didn't even th- – you probably said running back. <laughs> you refused, actually, Rick. I knew it. All right, let's talk about the guys he was throwing the ball to, guys who are going to be playing on Sundays uh, very soon. We'll start with Roma Dunze, of course. I don't know how you stop Roma Dunze. Contested catch guy, but he's not slow. He's stacking guys consistently, and he runs routes to all three levels. He ran that big end where I think Byron Murphy, he avoided Byron Murphy and hit him on the end uh, on the, the secondary throw there. and. Again, I don't think he's challenging Marvin Harrison Jr., but I think he's had a better season than Marvin Harrison Jr. 
Maybe, but he's not as talented overall as Marvin Harrison Jr. Where I know we talked about he had a better quarterback play than Marvin Harrison Jr. did. Now you turned on him that he's at Syracuse. How dare you talk by the way about the Syracuse quarterback? We've talked about Malik Neighbors as wide receiver too. I think Adunze is making his case. Yeah, I still would go with Neighbors, but Adunze is clear to be. It is amazing to me. Are you at all impressed with number one? Those deep balls look like long handoffs, which is how good. Uh, our guy Michael Penix Jr. is throwing that. Are you impressed with how often the receivers come down with the ball? In those, it feels like they catch 75% of them. Yeah. One, the quarterback is giving them an opportunity to go up and make the play. And two, they're taking advantage to show that they can make plays in contested situations, which is a critical factor when you're evaluating a receiver. So, and this guy may be the best contested catch receiver uh, besides Marvin Harrison Jr. in a draft. Again, he feels like a top 15 pick. Would that surprise oh, you yeah. at all? Nope. Would he have been wide receiver one last year? Well, not not off the tape we did in the summer. No, but off this tape. 23 tape. Yeah. yeah. Head of Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin, Zay, Jordan Addison. Yep. Uh, you want to hear my comp or you want to go first with your comp so you have a moment to catch your breath? Uh, go ahead. I love your comps. A.J. Brown. I can see that. I'm not... You're being too nice now. <laughs> Or dial, days. dial back the nice medication record. <laughs> uh, I won't tell you what my comp was over the summer. He was a different player over the summer, though. So I was happy to revisit and revise the. But AJ Brown, in terms of the physicality, he's probably won't run a four three. I don't think, which is what AJ. I think AJ ran in the four threes. Run the four fours. Yeah, he's moving though. He's plenty fast enough. Okay. Can I have a comp, Debo? Yeah, well, we, we went over this last week. Cedric Tillman and Cody Latimer were the two. Uh, oh, that was right. Don't put me with Cody Latimer. That was mine. Yeah. Uh, I told you, he's, he's a look, we talk about Jaden Downs improving a ton. Adunze seems like a different player in terms of the, the speed at which he plays since. Yes, he is. Yep. Bigger, stronger, faster. Bigger, stronger, faster. All right, two of his teammates, Jalen Polk, number two, and Jalen McMillan, number 11 on your score sheet. Polk Smooth. at five. Five catches, 122, and Jalen McMillan went for 558. Both had touchdowns. Um, I think McMillan had the skinny post late in the game where Penix threw a laser between the, the two deep safeties. The thing is, that ball was thrown with a little bit of anticipation and with such speed that the far side safety didn't even have it. It wasn't even close to, to breaking that up. No. Um, what did I say? Touch with velocity down the field? <laughs> That's a great way to put it. And then the first deep ball, which is on the first series, was that little post corner run by Jalen Polk. He stacked the DB on the post and then just ran away from him on the corner. And then another long handoff for 35, 40, whatever yards it was, from Michael Penix Jr. McMillan yeah. plays mostly in, um, in the slot. He lined up in the backfield a few times, too. And Polk gives you versatility inside and out. I mean, both guys are going to be feel like day two guys. Yeah, I think they're both going to be Friday. I would have because he did play uh, my new my new guy, uh, Tom Thomas Jr. From oh yeah, Brian Thomas out of LSU. Yeah, he's my new favorite above these two. Oh, he played on. Yeah, he did in the bowl game. Okay, no Malik though. I would imagine, right? No Malik neighbors. No, he was yeah. doing interviews too. <laughs> well, I'm going to remind you about someone who played in their bowl game too and see if that changes your opinion of them. I think Brian Thomas is a first round pick. Oh, yeah. Nope. But this is a stronger receiver class at the top than last year by far. 
Right. Because I can see five or six receivers going in the first round this year. Yep. I, I do not disagree with that. And I thought that Rasheed Rice may have been overdrafted in round two. He's playing pretty well. But I think any of these guys in round two, you feel pretty comfortable about based on what you saw in the yep. fall in terms of their college tape. Yep. All right. And then let's take it to Braylon Trice, the edge rusher who had a big game on the biggest stage. And we talked about him early in the year, and then we sort of got away from him because we were talking about a lot of other edge rushers. But let me just tell you this about Braylon Trice because I looked it up real quick. Over the course of the entire season, he had a huge game um, against Texas. But over the course of the entire season, he led all FBS in pressures with 77. Um, in terms of hits on the quarterback, he was fourth. In terms of hurries, he was first with 53. Now, he didn't have the sack numbers. He only had seven sacks. But as you've said many times before, being a good edge rusher isn't just about sacks. It's about getting the quarterback uncomfortable. And he did that a lot over the course of the fall. And he did it a lot over uh, Monday after, Monday evening excuse me, against Texas and Quinn Ewers. Yeah, he was. And the most impressive thing is they lined him up all over the field. He had his first sack, I believe over uh, Texas's right offensive tackle where he did a nice swim under move. Uh, second sack that I saw was when a guard, when he was on the left side, guard tried to pull. Uh, he avoided the guard. Ewers stepped up in a pocket and uh, he got his other sack. But the other thing, what I didn't see on earlier tape is them lining him up over the center and guard from a two point and almost like an A-gap rusher. And uh, his quick twitch, I still think he's a little stiff, but he uh, was able to be disruptive, uh, not with his hand in the dirt, but standing up uh, when they lined him up over the center and guards as well. The only negative I had on him in this game is he did not hold up at the point versus a run as, as, as much as I would like him to. Uh, at times he got knocked off the ball versus drive blocks, but Going away, I mean, there were a couple plays where he is humming from the backside, had one tackle for loss, uh, humming from the backside. He's a, He can run in a straight line. I do believe he still has some stiffness to him, but uh, he, he took his game up a notch, and there was no question, even just TV scouting, but I went back and watched the tape the gate today uh, that he definitely jumped off the tape. Uh, and he's a guy that plays with, uh, like, say, his hair on fire. Yeah, that first sack, he beat Christian Jones, the right tackle, who's going to get drafted probably day two uh, through the B-gap, a little inside move that you talked about there. And that other sack that you mentioned where they pulled the guard, I'm thinking, why would you pull the guard to try to block this guy? And he made quick work of the guard and and got the sack on yours. And then I, I, I we've seen more athletic edge rushers play in the A-gap, it seems like, in recent years because of the mismatch with the, the the less athletic, if you will, interior offensive lineman. And he was giving those guys fits the handful of times he did it. And that's just one more thing he can do when, when you think about what it looks like um, trying to evaluate him throughout the process. So what do you think about this? Late first, early second? Oh, yeah, by far. It'll be interesting to see, uh, I guess, the guy who may be a little bit more athletic but not as productive uh, is uh, JTT, uh, the edge rusher from Ohio State, if he does decide to come out. To him a while, yeah. Uh, I think that maybe some teams may look at this guy ahead of, of him. Uh, this uh, Braylon, unofficially 270. I don't know. what. Do you know what JT is? 
I think he's going to be around that 260. Yeah, they're not going to be that far off, I don't think, from the measurable standpoint. You want my Braylon Trice comp? Yeah. I know we watched him over the summer because you hated the comp. I changed it after watching him again, though. How do you keep you change things? Well, I watched him over the summer. I hadn't I hadn't touched his comp since uh, I rewatched him this fall. Okay, so you changed your comp. Well, yeah, because he got he's 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 improved. I okay. may hate it, so I may just go back to the no, original. I hated all your summer comps. They were <laughs> yeah, I've been pretty I good. So far. They, they were you gave a very good effort trying to come up with summer comps. I just didn't <laughs> see the same comps that you did. All right, I'm gonna take a little old school here. Tell me what you think of this, Lamar Woodley. Ooh, yeah, that's I, I mean that's not that's better. What'd you do in the summer? Uh, Matt Judon. Oh my God! <laughs> I didn't want to tell you. I told you, <laughs> Rick. You had Trey Hendrickson over the summer. Yep. Oh, oh. I'll stick with that because Lamar was a second round pick. I don't remember why he fell into the second round. That was a 2007 draft. I don't know if you remember off the top of your head, but he obviously turned out to be very effective. And depending on where you put him, I mean, you put him opposite Aiden Hutchinson, his life's a lot easier than if he has to be the number one edge rusher wherever that destination might be. So, I like the Trey Hendrickson comparison. No, I, I get it. You made it. I would understand why you would like that. You don't uh, like it? No, I do like it. And Have you ever playing, like one of my comps? I know. Unlike you, I like everything that you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's I going to say? Oh, you know what's interesting about this Washington team? I, I don't remember the stat. I don't have it in front of me, but they mentioned a couple times on telecast. They have like eight or nine straight games where they've won by a single score. It felt like they, they were beating Texas by 30 points. And then they had the special teams blunders, the mistakes at the end, the, the play calling that was sort of questionable offensively. But we're not here to talk about strategy. We're just here to talk about the players. But um, I think we agree. All those guys that we just talked about did not hurt themselves and in some cases really helped themselves. And congrats to those guys. Oh, by the way, let's talk quickly about Quinn Ewers. It sounds like he's going to come back. I think Steve Sarkeesian mentioned it, and I've heard that he's probably going to come back. I don't know how that worked with Arch Manning, so on and so forth. Started incredibly slow, looked a little flustered at times, but finished strong, made some good throws down the stretch. Uh, they could, I think Xavier Worthy was a little banged up before the game. Jatavian Sanders was six for six in his first targets. He missed one at the end of that as they were trying to move the ball down the field. He didn't get his head around quickly enough. He came off for a moment. Uh, Adnai Mitchell made a big play late in the game, but he didn't get a lot of opportunities. So I think that, we talk about Michael Penix having the playmakers. So does Quinn Ewers. It just yeah, uh, he struggled early on. Caliber receivers in an NFL caliber tight end, and I still think he's a touch timing thrower. I do. Uh, like I saw just Penix one time throw off the back foot, and a ball was forty yards down the field. <laughs> or he can throw the ball now. Where Ewers to me, he he, I gave him probably more credit athletically on some of the plays he made with his legs this uh, game. Uh, I thought he made some off-schedule type throws. I still think he has really nice touch at times on the deep ball, but some of the deep balls are underthrown. I do think that he puts too much air under the ball at times. A couple of the times, he doesn't drive the ball in tight windows like a Penix does, but where he places the ball, it gives a receiver, not the DB, a chance to make a place a play on the ball. So I think he's helped himself. I watched him in the uh, uh, 
Big 12 championship game. Now he had the four or five touchdowns, but <laughs> Brian Wilson could have thrown those balls because there was no one covering anyone. It looked like uh, practice on air. Right. Uh, but he's gotten better. I don't, I still think I would, if I was him, I'd come back to school. I still think he's behind some of all these guys that we're talking about right now. Yeah. And if he comes back and stays healthy and plays well, uh, he's going to have, uh, he'll be putting himself in the mix next year. He'll be QB2 behind Riley Leonard, is what you're saying. Yeah, probably. By the but way, I shouldn't sell it too short. That touchdown, that was a good to talk about the uh, giving his, chance, his wide receivers a chance. That touchdown he threw to Adnai Mitchell. What a fantastic play from Mitchell, who jumped too early and had such hang time that he just decided to freeze in the air and still make the catch in the corner of the end zone. That was uh, fantastic. I watched quickly. Cam Ward turns out it's coming out, Rick. Man, I don't know about that. Well, here's the math. And I was telling Debo that I talked to some people last week that said he may come out. And he got $2 million, I think, was the offer. I think that's the word on the street from FSU. I don't know if OSU was in that mix or not, Ohio State. But where's he's probably early day three, worst case. Like yeah, I, well, he would have made more money on the NIL money than he's going to make in any type of signing bonus that he's going to get. So Aiden O'Connell signed a four-year, $4 million deal. And that was the end of the fourth. So if he gets drafted third through Aiden O'Connell yeah, range, try, oh yeah, let's break down that for how many, how much of that money is actually guaranteed, not the four million. Right, but you would imagine he'll be there for four years. I guess maybe, maybe not. I mean, there's no guarantees. Yeah, that's true. But you are getting a start on your NFL career if that's the the thinking. Yeah, I know, but you're not may not make that money you could have made on the NIL. I thought he made a mistake coming out. All right, we'll find out together. Um, I think I liked him a little bit more than you. We talked about him over the over the fall, but we'll revisit him for sure. Big arm. Sometimes he leaves the pocket too early, but he does have some athleticism. I thought he made some strides, given that he came from FCS Incarnate Word a couple years ago. He played two years at Washington State. Are you ready for my initial, does I go through my Rolodex as we're talking about him, and I got to go back and do more tape? Yeah. Who do you think my comp would be? Spencer Rattler. He's that kind of freewheeling playmaker <laughs> not have a show one show please talk about spencer rattler i broke him i broke him he was doing so I, well I, I, I give okay put him as a top quarterback coming out number one overall i'm done i give i can't fight it anymore uh, cam ward comp do you think he's a good athlete is he a better athlete than michael Penix in your mind mm -hmm. i don't I, I don't know who there was a guy that tennessee took oh steve mcnair no Oh, because that's that's a good athlete. The last guy they took. Will Levis? No. Before Will Levis. Oh, Ryan Tannehill. No. Oh, Malik. Golly, I'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. You know, he's probably a better thrower than Malik, but not as good a runner. So sort of balanced lesser of both. Yeah, I'm just saying my initial impression yeah. is a, a little bit of Malik Willis because I don't know how quickly he can get through his progressions. He runs around. He's a By good the way, I, I went from Steve McNair to Will Levis to Ryan Tannehill. Then I got to Malik Willis. Yeah, we went through the whole NFL roster. So I named every quarterback ever drafted by the Titans uh, yeah. slash Oilers. Uh, Warren Moon, how about that? Is Warren Moon in there? <laughs> he wasn't drafted. He was. He came from the CFL, I believe. Is that right? Mm -hmm. He was yeah. the University of Washington. Oh, good call. Well done. All right. So that's the recap of the, the late game college football playoff semifinals. I'll take a quick break when we come back. We'll take a look at the early game, Alabama, Michigan, what went well, what didn't. We'll talk about that right after this. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, yeah, Rick. Someone just texted me. Boy, that's a great comparison. Well, Malik Willis. <laughs> Is that Cam's agent? Alabama, Michigan. I don't want to start here, but I'm going to start here. And I don't want to dog this kid, but how can you be 14 games to the season and still not have the center quarterback snap, shotgun snap down pat if you're Alabama? Yeah, it's it's bizarro land. It is because it was the whole season. That dog is not a big fan of McLaughlin in the center. No, no, <laughs> they, they can't understand it either. I mean, you're talking about two years at center and you can't snap oh. a shotgun snap. It's bizarro land to me. Uh, and I don't know the reason why. Yeah. It's, you know, is it one of those almost like even in the Auburn game where you does he even does this, does he tighten up even more? and pressure situations in a game because the tighter that game got the less accurate some of those snaps were it so. felt like uh, to date ourselves i don't even know if Debo knows who this is but remember steve Sachs for the dodgers couldn't throw the ball to first base from second base chuck knoblock when he was with the either the twins or the yankees struggled to throw the ball to first base from second base it's one of those mental block things yeah mackie sasser do you know who mackie sasser is no catcher for the mets he couldn't throw the ball back to the pitching mound like that was one of the concerns and he had a whole routine he would go through because you're only snapping the ball six yards. Like, what's what's going on? It should be automatic. You think you practice like it. it up. It's not like the first time you shotgun that. You do it every day. And by the way, I was listening to the Cover 3 podcast this morning while I was walking my dog. And um, they were going over the game. And one of the things that Bud Elliott mentioned was that they ended up putting Chris Jenkins over the center when things started going sideways. Because what better way to make the center feel comfortable than putting – a top 50 pick, a defensive tackle over him to harass you as a zero technique. So yeah. they know what's up, and then it just sort of snowballs from there. That's not why they lost. It was just a, a talking point, and we're not here to talk about 
um, the center. We're here to talk about the other quarterback for Michigan, J.J. McCarthy, who played pretty much like he's played all season. Now, I don't know how injured he is or how healthy his ankle is, but the very first play of the game was very telling for me. Yes. He rolled right, and he was just throw the, supposed to throw the ball in the flat to either Roman Wilson or number eight. I can't remember which. And he was late on that, and then he tried to throw the over, and it went right into Terry and Arnold's hands, who just happened to just be a half inch out of bounds. Yeah. I don't understand that decision. Uh, he didn't throw very many balls downfield. He didn't throw any balls more than 20 yards downfield, air yard-wise. Um, all the touchdowns were throws that, you know, I made all the touchdown throws in the Texas conference game. You could have made all the touchdown throws in this game for Michigan. One was the blown covers to Blake Corum, and two were overs that no one was – both guys were wide-ass open on. So I'll ask you this, because I don't – I like J.J. McCarthy, the athlete. I don't know where he's going to fall in the old QB pecking order here. So what are your takeaways from this game in terms of how we've discussed J.J. McCarthy up to this point? Yeah, he runs his offense very efficiently. Um, I would say a couple of them were drops. I mean, he threw a slant route. And it went right through the freshman's hands. Yep. Um, so he he put some pepper on that ball now when it was coming out. Um, but he knows how to run this offense. I don't know. It's almost like, is he like a reincarnation of what the head coach was when he was playing at Michigan? Is that how, I don't remember Harbaugh playing. Harbaugh was in the 80s, maybe. I don't remember him playing. Yeah, is that he how he was, played? He was, just knew how to win, tough, competitive. Gotcha. Makes plays, makes plays with his legs. Maybe not the most competent thrower from the pocket, um, but this guy wins. And Debo has up on the uh, podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, I, I took that line from you, Brian. <laughs> I don't mean to step in the GM. I don't own it. You can use it. Go for it. So, but he wins games, and um, the decision making is a thing that I think teams will ask about the decision-making on the play first play of the game or what you pointed out, the decision-making and some of those bizarre throws he made against the Bowling Green team that should never have been in that game. So uh, I don't know what the, uh, what his decision process is, but I do know he's a winner. I do know he's athletic. I do know he can make some throws. I just don't know if he's not the same. I would put a dollar on Michael Penix stone for 400 yards in an NFL game before I would JJ McCarthy. Yeah. If that makes sense. Although that I, I go back to that TCU game last year and that sticks in my head too, when he had to make a lot of deep throws and he, he, he threw the ball very well. He's a, he's got a smooth release comes out quick. Um, it's just the processing and the decision-making. Sometimes I think people want to get to the bottom of, it's funny because um, I've talked to some teams that say exactly that. If you look at his 2022 tape, it's a little different at times. And he was injured for part of this year, which is the same conversation we had to have about Will Levis. We'll go look at the year before. And I think you've actually pushed back on looking at the year before as, you know, blowing your hair back to the point where you're like, oh, this is a clear cut first round pick. But I'll say this. I think Will Levis is a better prospect than J.J. McCarthy coming out. Where are you on that? I just, well, I respectfully disagree. That's fine. That's okay. I mean, that's the whole point. As someone pointed out to me uh, recently, we don't know what we're talking about anyway. So, and just generally speaking, in terms of trying to figure out who the quarterbacks are, so you might as well go with whatever, whatever your thing is. One of the other things about JJ that I have questions about is it feels like at times he passes up what might be tougher but bigger play throws and settles for stuff that's underneath, whereas J uh, Michael Penix is just like ripping it. Again, not the same wide receivers. 
Roman Wilson is his guy, and he's a slot guy primarily, and he doesn't. But he the and I don't want to come to his defense. He's not throwing to the threesome in yeah. Washington or even at Texas. He doesn't have that same caliber of talent at the receiver position that some of these other guys do. That's true. And so there's a lot to sort through. I mean, we have a lot to try to, and we've watched a ton and we've talked a ton about JJ McCarthy and I still don't feel great about where he's going to go. Do you think Can I can just make one quick comment? Why do, and like I'm watching the uh, offensive lineman from Washington. Debo, can you put that back up real oh, quick? Oh no, I know. Please don't tell me you're going to start whinging about the pants. Why do they play in shorts? <laughs> I don't understand that. They can't do that in the NFL. I don't know why the NCAA doesn't have roles that you have to have your knees covered. It's uh, just bizarro land to me. Well, if we get Roman Wilson on set at the at the combine, I, wanna, can... I, I hope we get uh, the offensive tackle from Washington on set. Tony as well. Yeah, <laughs> the, the whole Washington offensive line plays in shorts. Uh, it makes it faster, I guess, because those guys are moving around. I I, I don't know. I All just, right, if you I have like the it. answer as to why. Football players are allowed to wear shorts. Please tweet at Rick Spielman, uh, at Spielman underscore Rick, and at NFL Draft CBS, so we can. I can change this. my Twitter handle to just the or X handle, whatever the hell it is, even though I never look at it. Uh, <laughs> to uh, just scout in the corner, scout in the corner. That's a good one. That one might be taken. Um, is he is JJ McCarthy a first round pick in your mind? I think he is, but I think he's fallen behind. Jaden Daniels, I think he's falling behind Penix. And I hate to say this, but the way Bo Nix plays. Oh, there it is. I was going to ask you because Bo Nix, I mean, he lit up Liberty and we all knew that was going to happen, yeah. but he played and he he looked good. He helped himself. He played, which means he just helped himself shoot up the boards a little bit. Because again, talking about Will Levis last year and, and, and in a sense, JJ this year, you know who Bo Nix is. Like there are no surprises with Bo Nix. I don't, do we know who JJ McCarthy is? I don't know that. I right. Yeah, I don't know that at this point. So that's the, that's the question. All right. Oh boy, Who, who's your count for JJ, or should I go first? Because you're gonna you're gonna be angry when I tell you. <laughs> I don't think I have a comp for him. Did I have a comp for him, Devo? Did we do him in the summer? I don't know if we did him in the summer. Um, I'll, all right, I'll no, tell we you. Waste our t- uh, I shouldn't say wasting. We were evaluating some guys that were not going to be in the first round. I'll be honest I'll with you. I took a flyer on Riley Leonard. I thought maybe he might have a breakout year, and it, the he got hurt and then he transferred. So we'll we'll get a chance to talk about him again next fall. All right. So I got two for you. I'll give you one, but you have to please go back to his draft year and think about him coming out. Don't consider anything that's happened since. Coming out in terms of the unpredictability, the athleticism, both as a runner and a thrower. Ryan Tannehill. No. Ryan didn't play a lot of Wide, I mean, he played wide receiver, didn't play a lot of quarterback out of AM, and there were a lot of questions about him, but he was a good athlete with a good arm. Yeah, I think JJ's a better athlete. He could be. I mean, the way Ryan Daniel runs. Yeah, I respect that. <laughs> I won't tell you my other one because that'll, that'll probably make you mad. I'll tell it you. It doesn't make me mad. I have 14 or whatever days left to not get mad. Who? A more accurate. Oh, I don't even. I don't even Come understand. on. That's why we're on this podcast. More accurate, Des Ritter. Okay, I'm not. Oh, uh, that's good. Is that better than Tannehill? Yeah, at least. Okay. Yes. There was talks about Ryan about Des Ritter maybe sneaking into the first round, and the accuracy always sort of threw me off. I thought he was a great teammate and a great leader, but if you're more accurate, Des Ritter, that's exactly what a team is looking for, because right? he's a good athlete. 
Yeah. Well, decision maker more than. Yeah, that's true. But the accuracy will help with the decision making. If you don't know where the ball is going and you make poor decisions, that's a deadly combination. That's a bad deal. <laughs> uh, all right. So, JJ, the jury's still out. I He's a day two guy for me right now, but maybe that changes. We'll figure it out together, Rick. That's what we do. Next up, running back Blake Corm. He was uh, the engine that made that offense work, even though JJ had the three touchdowns. He took over in overtime, had two runs from 25, and he 25 yards later, they, he was in the end zone. He looks to be healthier than he's looked at any point this season. Remember last year against Illinois, he got hurt, and there yep. were concerns in the year. It feels like he's finally back, and he runs low to the ground. He is that jump cut is legit behind the line of scrimmage, getting to the gap that he wants to get to, and he accelerates pretty well. He'll run between the tackles, but I don't feel like that's his game. He can bounce it outside and, and beat the, the second-level guys to the corner if he needs to. And he showed the ability to catch the ball coming out of the backfield. And I'll just tell you my, my comp for him now, and then you can move on uh, <laughs> any direction you want. I think he's a souped-up version of uh, Illinois' Chase Brown, who plays for the Bengals now. Probably a little quicker twitch as far as cut, making yeah. cuts. All right, you now we're throwing – uh, squeeze balls against the wall. I'll throw <laughs> this one, see if it sticks with you. A slower version of a running back at Seattle that was... Oh, oh my goodness. I hope you're... Ken? Ken Walker. I mean, from the ability to make cuts. Now, yeah. he level, his speed levels off where Walker's speed is different in the open field. Yeah. But the inline vision and the ability to cut and some of the balance that he has, he has good balance, yeah. so that part of the game reminds me a little bit of kenneth walker is ken a little thicker no this kid's a this kid's a fire plug I oh, think. okay because I, I i always think of kenneth being pretty thick not 230 thick too yeah because guys do bounce off he, of him huh guys do bounce off a of quorum when they try yeah. to tackle him. so i just don't think he has a finish speed that ken walker has yeah. but he has some of the same movement in line that kenneth walker has Oh, I like it. All right, so we'll have to see how fast he is. Most rushing touchdowns in Michigan history. Blake Corm is number one. Um, Anthony Thomas, Tyrone Wheatley, Denard Robinson, great dual threat player back in the day as well. Follow on the list there. Corm looks like an offensive tackle in that mugshot that Debo has up there. <laughs> he's built like a he's he's that thick. He feels like maybe a um, Friday guy. I was gonna say, you think late day? I had like late third round. Is that too late? Yes. Oh, you think it goes before that? Okay. And he has a chance to be running. Like, who's running back one if Travion Henderson's not coming out? If Travion Henderson doesn't come out, then you just throw them all in a bag. Yeah. You got all kinds of, you got all kinds of sizes, shapes. Yeah. And we haven't gone the down that rabbit guys, hole yet. Little guys, you know, the uh, Benson from Florida State kind of yeah, moved up. Trey. Can't forget yeah. about Trey. So, so yeah, that'll be um, that'll be interesting. But he had a huge game. When well, we was, get into our clusters of these guys, it's like the interesting the clusters of these quarterbacks after the first two, the clusters of the receivers, uh, the clusters not on day one, but on maybe Friday, the clusters of none of these running backs will go in the first round, but the clusters of these running backs. This draft feels incredibly deep. It's a good, 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 good draft. All right, let's talk about a player who's probably going to be a top 10 pick who I didn't watch him, but you did. Maybe didn't have a, his best performance, right tackle J.C. Latham for Alabama. Yeah, I didn't because uh, what TV, that's why you always go back to the tape, the TV scouting, you know, that sack. He looked, well, 
Alabama had issues picking up the pressure packages that Michigan, I mean, you know, Milrow got sacked five times, I think, in the first half. In the first half. Yeah, they couldn't pick up the blitzes or where the pressures were coming from. It looked like their uh, protections were, they were confused up front. You know, the sack that he, J.C. Layton, he had two guys come off the edge. He didn't know whether to take the inside or outside guy. He was kind of left on the island. And then the last play of the game where it was a quarterback draw, I went back and looked at that, and he's past setting like he's supposed to. He just got high, and the guy collapsed inside and made a nice play. But when you went back uh, and watched the game, he moved some people off the ball now in the run game, and that continues to show up. I think that uh, in pass protection, he's a right tackle athlete, but he plays with better bend than, to me, Darnell Wright. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think he's a more fluid athlete than Darnell Wright was when he came out of Tennessee last year. I still think with the quarterbacks that may get pushed up, with the receivers that may get pushed up, that I think he's going to fall between 10 and 20. uh, Because I still think... Uh, Fashanu and Alt are going to go in, in the top 10. And if you look at the needs of some of those uh, teams that, you know, I don't know if you put out your recent mock draft. Are we going to talk about it after the break? So hold on to your hats. Okay. But I think he will be somewhere in the 10 to 20 range, but definitely the third def- or offensive tackle off the board. And you know, it's funny, last year we tried to talk ourselves into these wide receivers going early, maybe even top 15-ish, and they didn't go off the board till 20. Right. So we'll see. We'll see how the teams feel about the offensive tackles, and the, the wide receivers are better. And I think we've well, said this before. Is, again, when we do our cluster meetings, after the three, then you can cluster all these guys in there. Oregon State, uh, oh, yeah. Arizona, uh, Barton, uh, which guys are going to slide in. Uh, Washington, Oklahoma, uh, Tyler Guyton, Mims, who's declared coming out of Georgia. Did so he declare from a wheelchair? Was he standing up? Nah, I don't know. I didn't see that when he announced it. But there was another five or six really good group of offensive linemen that we're going to have to uh, decipher uh, an order on those guys. And just to be clear, I'm kidding about Mims for people listening that might get. Upset. Oh, yeah. That Ryan Wilson, whatever his Twitter handle is thing. <laughs> I love Amarius Mims. He just, I would like him to be healthy. That's all I'm saying. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to look at the latest draft order. I'm going to go through my mock draft and I'm going to throw out a crazy trade to you, Rick, and see what you think about it right after this. All right. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. 
Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Rated PG 13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, Rick, updated draft order. It's official. The Bears have the number one overall pick. Let me ask you something. What are you doing if you're a member of the Panthers front office and you see the owner throw a drink out, out of the window? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's nothing you can say. I mean, he's your boss. You would yeah, like him not to act that boss. way. There's nothing you can do. You just, you just sit you there. Nothing. Like, I'm sure he wanted to put his hand in his head and be like, oh, my God. And There's nothing I, you can do. It's, uh, that's, it's up that's, to the NFL to – feel bad. I do feel bad for Scott. Because there's nothing – right. I mean, he's the boss. He seems to have anger management issues. <laughs> and by the way – you think that's probably a great uh, thing to have on social media, especially when you're getting ready to – Hire a new head coach. I mean, that's the other thing. You got to look at the, okay, it's like your kids, okay? I don't make those decisions. You you, you, you decide which direction you want to go, but you also have to understand the consequences that come along with those decisions. Now, if I'm a head coach and candidate and they want to interview me and I see that, and I don't know, you know, no one's not going to take the head coaching job yeah. of an NFL team. It's just uh, if you're in competition for one or two people, unless you're going to pay them outrageously types of money. Um, but that may have cost him the, I'll come be your head coach, but I'm going to want X. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's so many different consequences that come along with an action like that, in my opinion. And I may be wrong, but. That be that was the first thing that popped into my head. Well, we all saw it, and then he stormed off, and then you know he had the outburst hours before he fired Frank Reich when he left the locker room and was yelling f bombs. I get it; he's frustrated, but also when you're worth twenty billion with a B dollars, typically people let you do <laughs> let you do what you want to do, and I'm sure there's no one there that says, "Hey, uh, yeah, let's let's not chuck drinks at people." <laughs> well, I'm sure there will be something coming out from a discipline standpoint from the NFL office. Yeah. But even the fines that might hurt me financially, or even you, if it's say at times 10 and probably he could, that's the couch couch change for him. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's times 10 pesos, maybe. All right. We'll see. All right. Let's look at the new draft order. I mentioned the Carolina Panthers have solidified the number one overall pick, which belongs to the bears. And in case you're listening, Number two, Washington, by virtue of their latest loss. The Patriots are at three. Arizona's at four. The Giants at five. Chargers at six. Tennessee at seven. Jets at eight. Falcons nine. Chicago with their own pick at 10. Those are the top 10. And I did an HQ exclusive mock draft this week, Rick. And I here's the deal. I had Chicago trading down from two to one because Washington wants Caleb Williams. How can Chicago trade down from two to one? What do you mean? They go from, oh, I'm sorry, from one to two. Okay. I got yeah. my numbers backwards. Washington moves up from two to one. Thank you for that. <laughs> and Washington takes Caleb. And then, oh, Ryan Poles moves down one more time from two to three. Chicago goes from two to three. So the Patriots can move up and get Drake May before some other team does that. And the thinking here is you double dip on the, on the draft compensation and you're at three, so you're getting Marvin Harrison Jr., and the way Justin Fields has been playing, especially in Sunday's game and terrible weather in which he had one of his best passing games, maybe in his career, certainly this season, in addition to the 45 rushing yards, you have him with DJ Moore 
and you get a ton of draft picks. Now, when I initially did this Monday for HQ, the draft compensation both times was basically some variation of what the Bears gave up to get Mr. Trubisky in 2017 when they traded it from three to two. But do you have an updated version of what you want? And if not, I fiddle with some numbers, and I, w- I want to know if you would take this. What am I taking? Do you have a draft compensation you would prefer to see other than the Mr. Trubisky numbers? If not, I'll give you my updated version. Yeah, no, just give that. I mean, because it's going to be demand. So right, okay. So here's the. I'll just skip the Mr. Trubisky stuff. You can look it up if you're dying to know. But I'll tell you what. What I'm willing to offer you, Rick, as Ryan Poles, if I am um, Washington and moving up from two and want to get to one, I'll give you the number two pick. I'll give you the forty-one pick. Which, by the way, is the pick you gave us for Montez Sweat, so you get that back. Currently, the Bears don't have any second-round pick. And I'll give you a 2025 first to go up one spot. I would definitely consider that. Okay. Because the original Trubisky trade didn't involve any ones being swapped other than the, the current draft. Like there were, It was some third-rounders and a fourth-rounder in next year's second, I believe. So that's the consideration. And now to go from, from the Patriots to go from three to two, here's what I'll give you. I'll give you, obviously, the number three pick. I'll give you the number 34 pick. Then I'll give you a fourth rounder, 103, and then I'll give you a 2025 third rounder to go from three to two. Yeah, no, you. It, I would consider that, too. I mean, you put a lot of thought into that, and you get made yeah. very strong <laughs> offers that we will definitely talk about, and I'll get back to you, Mr. Wilson, if we're interested. All right, we got 10 minutes, so don't, don't let the clock run out. And at that point, I mean, you have a boatload of twos, you have a boatload of threes, you have a first rounder, an extra first rounder in 2025. You have two first rounders this year anyway. There's no excuse that you're not winning 10 games next year. And by the way, it sounds like, according to reports, Matt Eberflus is coming back. Yeah, so you're going to have everything the same. And I think uh, Coach Eberflus should get another shot because the defense has been playing a lot better. And, you know, Ryan Poles, I thought, you know, what Montez Sweat has done, has changed the dynamic of that defensive pass rush. Now you get an opportunity if you're Chicago to get a playmaker for Justin Fields. I understand that I'm going to have to make a decision on a fifth-year option and look at a potential extension, and I can help the defense where I will be getting probably another pass rusher to go along with Montez Sweat opposite him with the next pick. Well, look down there at number 10 and tell me what you think of that pick. Yes. I mean, I would consider, definitely consider him. Jared Verse, Florida State, number 10 pick to the Bears. So they, they couple him with Marvin Harrison Jr. and then Montez Sweat. And then I'm going to get another really good player because of the depth of this draft uh, with the Montez Sweat pick. Was that number 41? Number 41 you get back as yes. part of the Washington trade-up deal. Yeah. and So now you have, what, two second-round picks? You don't have a second-rounder initially, uh, but you get two from – the Patriots pick, which is number 34, and then you get back the Montez at number 41. So, yeah, now you have number 34 and number 41. Yeah, that's I'm, oh, I'm very excited about that. Dude, there, there's no excuse. Ten, you have to win 10 games next year, and you have to go to the playoffs. That's it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, let's go through the rest of this top 10 here since we're talking about it. So, Marvin Harrison Jr. feels like a grand slam. Like, that's any consideration to trade down a little further to get more stuff and maybe you take a Malik or a, <laughs> or a Dunze? No. Okay. And number four, Olaf Fashanu for the Fashanu, excuse me, for the Cardinals. Yes, because uh, if not, then he's going to be gone with New York. 
And then you have Paris Johnson Jr. and, and Fashanu as your bookends, and hopefully you're set. I mean, the Giants tried to do that a few years ago, and they weren't set, but that's the that's the thinking. What about Jaden Daniels at number five to the Giants? That's where it starts to get a little interesting. Um, Would you take Joe Alt there? I mean, I think Joe Alt comes into consideration. That means you're rolling with Daniel Jones. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to feel about Jaden Daniels. I mean, you made a monster out of him. So, but well, he's who's your he's comp probably, for him? Huh? Who's your comp for him? I already told told you who it was. Why won't you say it out loud so I can get you on the record? Yeah, the MVP of the league this year. Exactly. That's what I was going to follow up with. He's the MVP of the league. <laughs> okay, so I'll take him. <laughs> All right. So, what about uh, if that just happens to play that way? Then Joe Alt going to the Chargers. Yeah, I could see that, but I could also see them going a lot of different directions too because Edge they have some tough decisions to make on some of their older guys. Yeah. Um, you know, I may look at pass rusher there too, just off the top of my head without having the team needs in front of me. Um, and by the way, if the Chargers go pass rusher there, the Titans are taking Joe Walt and they're not hesitating. <laughs> no. I had him taking J.C. Latham. Is that too rich for you, J.C. Latham at seven? I think right there would be a little, little, little rich. Okay. And then at eight, the Jets are on the clock, and then the Falcons are next. Offensive lineman. So, um, but I think there'll be, uh, you know, Malik Neighbors. They need, they need playmakers. Yeah. They need pass rushers. So it all depends on how their board's stacked. And if they think that they can swing back in the second round and get an offensive lineman. So at eight, the Jets are on the clock. I had them taking Malik Neighbors. I, I like the idea of getting Garrett Wilson some help, whatever that help may look like. I'm sure they would rather have an offensive lineman early, but maybe not. Any consideration to Mr. Penix Jr. here? Mm, no. Is that because you don't want to anger Aaron Rodgers or because you don't think it's it's too soon? <laughs> Aaron would be like, okay, every time I go somewhere, then they draft a quarterback in, the first, a quarterback in the first round. So I, I would I, I think with them in the win mode now next year, because they're trying to save their jobs, they're not worried about potential quarterback of the future. That's true. So they're going to go whatever player helps them the best. And there's not they need the offensive lineman. So you kind of screwed him in this mock draft. Yeah. Uh, well, would you take J.C. Latham here if he's available at eight? Yes. Okay. Too rich at seven, not too rich at eight. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that I think that the Chargers could go their offensive line, but I think that you got to also look at the depth and can we get some of these offensive linemen to help us later? If you know, like I said, Bose's hurt all the time, even though he's good when he's healthy. Max, you know, 33, 34 years old, even though he had an incredible year. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it, it's like I said, philosophies may change with the uh, changes coming out there. Yeah, absolutely. And we don't know what those changes are going to look like. All right, Malik Abers, number eight. I'm guessing you'd be fine with that in terms of just helping Aaron and helping Garrett Wilson not have to do everything. Unless Aaron says he wants to go trade eight to go get Devontae Adams. Uh, well, at least Devontae can still not to don't cut Randall Cobb and then get get him again. Yeah, I get that. Um, what about the Falcons at nine? Michael Penix Jr. Can I answer that? I think quarterback may be uh the next spot there. How can Is, you not get a quarterback if you come back? Right. Because I hadn't taken Dallas Turner 
But I mean, Dallas Turner is a great player, and Dallas Turner, I think, did announce that he's coming out, which I don't think surprises anyone. But just so we can talk about it down the road. But I had him picking Dallas Turner. Obviously, going to be a, a top fifteen pick. But quarterback is a enormous need because they benched uh, Des Ritter. Heineke played. I think Ritter came into the end. Didn't matter. Offensively, that team has a lot of questions. And then Jared Burst, we talked about. Yeah. If Jaden Daniels and I think Penix, that would come into conversation potentially there. No J.J. McCarthy this high. No. Okay. I just want to double check. All right. I think that's it. That's a pretty tidy podcast. We'll be back Thursday. And, uh, yeah, Dallas did officially declare for the draft. Debo informs me. Debo, what are we doing Thursday? We are going to take a look at a lot of team needs for some of these teams that we just mentioned and a little bit. I thought he was going to say, uh, yeah, we're going to take a look at uh, Ryan Wilson's 2025 mock draft. I've already thinking about it. Well, all these guys coming, you know, the good thing, Rick, that we've watched so many guys, the guys that are coming back means the guys we don't have to go back and watch. And we know some of them are going to be hot button topics over the summer. So they're, they're, I've done some of my homework already, but yeah, not yet for the 2025. All right. So we'll do team needs on Thursday. And by the way, I haven't mentioned this yet. If you leave us a five-star review of an FBS or FCS player who is draft eligible and coming out, I mean, if they're not coming out, we can save it for the summer. Uh, nominate them on Apple Podcasts. Five-star review. Tell us who it is, and we will get to that player. Uh, we've gotten through most of them. We still have a uh, handful, handful more to do, so we'll do that throughout the process. Otherwise, that is a wrap on episode 110. We'll be back Thursday. For episode 111 with 112 days left. Oh, that'll be the crossover, Rick. That'll be the closest. I, I don't think, but what happens? Do you shoot fireworks off or something like that? You get to go watch. I told you. It, it, I found out, and again, I'm very IT not savvy. Uh huh. I sent someone like Happy New Year's, and then all of a sudden the thing blew up. Like confetti went everywhere on the message and stuff like that. That will cool. be the only way that Debo texts us going forward in the group text. So make sure you get fireworks. Um, <laughs> I think you can make it do all sorts of things. Lasers and everything. <laughs> Listen to old guys trying to explain the phone. All right. That's it. 110 in the books. Thanks to all you guys who watch and listen and comment. We appreciate you. Thanks as always to my guy Rick. Thanks to Dio for producing. And we'll see you guys on Thursday. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. He is far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.